Hello and welcome back to Last Guys Off the Bench. It's the podcast where you get expert NBA analysis from expert lifetime bench warmers. I am Josh King and I am joined by none other than Juan Aranda. If you don't know Juan, you will know him as the guy who's most likely to wait and see if the ball goes in before calling a foul. Juan, how are you, man? <laughs> hey, man. I mean, the refs, the refs call late whistles all the time. All the time. Why can't I on a pickup? Hey, all you have to do is complain to the refs about the free throws in the first three games of a series, and then you can call all the fouls you want. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Juan and I are uh, joined, of course, by none other than Darcy Fraley. He's the <laughs> Darcy, I got to call you out. You are the guy who um, will most likely accidentally take a basketball home after playing pickup and claim that it's his. How does that make you feel? How are you tonight? I got a nice ball at home. So, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about that choice. You sure this is yours? You I, sure? I could have sworn. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is being recorded on Friday, September 25th. Um, tonight we are breaking down what we have seen in the conference finals so far. Both the Eastern and Western conference finals are four games in. And game five of the Eastern conference finals is happening later tonight. Um, if Darcy Wan or I do make any awfully ridiculous predictions for tonight's Heat versus Celtics game five, please don't hold <laughs> it against us. But if we do make any incredibly accurate predictions, please give us all the damn credit in the world. Yes. Guys, let's get things started and let's start talking some Lakers versus Nuggets. What do you think oh, of the series? How's it, how's it making you feel? Just like they planned it. Everything's <laughs> going according to plan. I saw a meme and it was like where like the Lakers didn't have any good choices. It was like purposely lose the game and tie the series 2-2 or win and let the Nuggets down 3-1. Purposely lose? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, lose. Just, let's get Dwight Jabell no, in there at the same time. There's no good options last night. <laughs> That's um, great. The, the Lakers lead the series against the Nuggets 3-1. Um, LA won Thursday's game four, 114 to 108. Anthony Davis scored 34 points. How many rebounds? Um, did he have more than two? He did have more than two. He responded, <laughs> but that was ridiculous in game three. That two was rebounds? embarrassing. That two rebounds. Embarrassing. I just, you know what I wanted to talk about after that game? I just, I don't want anyone ever making a Tim Duncan comparison ever again. Like NBA Twitter <laughs> needs to stop after that. That was, that was ridiculous, dude. Ridiculous. He didn't I I, even. He didn't even. He didn't even use it. He didn't even have a good excuse, or he didn't even use it as good fuel. Like he mentioned it in his post game press conference, but it was just a super blase. Like, oh yeah, next game we gotta try a little harder on the boards. Like, no shit, dude. Get your ass out on the court and play basketball for <laughs> real. Come on. Anything less than eight from him is like unforgivable. He's too big. He plays too many minutes at the five. Like, you gotta be getting rebounds, man. Yeah, it was crazy. I, I don't know how you like who's you gonna out rebound him? rebounds. Um Plumley? Like <laughs> Mason Plumley? Is it is that well, who's stealing the boards? It's just an energy factor, right? He just like he didn't have it and he didn't bring it. And it's like, dude, you're in the game three of the conference finals. You've never been to the conference finals. Like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Can't no show like that. Yeah, well, that was sad like you just how like you as a big man you just look into four or five rebounds exactly. just being out there you know what yeah. i mean well that's how he got his two i think, it was, <laughs> I think he ended up with two he, he didn't have they any were like going in into the, the fourth, fourth quarter yeah <laughs> yeah he had like he had like 22 points and zero rebounds going into the fourth that's like insane he had five last game so still not great that's terrible what is he doing I don't know. I mean, I guess you could you could argue that Howard started, so he probably got those early rebounds, but that's not. Howard did almost argument. have a double. Howard almost had a double double in like the first quarter, so he was eating some stuff up early in the game. Yeah, True. but like Davis plays like 30, 30 plus minutes a game. You know, Howard plays like fifteen. <laughs> Can we talk about Dwight Howard? He started Thursday's game four at center. Big moment for Dwight Howard. His biggest moment since he put on a cape at the dumb contest like 10 years ago oh um, he's had moments <laughs> y'all be hating on dwight man he was just no, with the rockets a couple years dwight. ago yeah magic and magic dwight was nasty he was horrible with the rockets he wasn't, he wasn't horrible. horrible he just wasn't a good fit 
he could burn that on Harden though. Like that's I'm not saying that's his fault, but I feel like he was an all-star with the Rockets, right? Probably. I don't know actually. But he was I actually don't know. I bet we could look it up, but if he was an all-star, it was only because he was Dwight Howard. You know what I mean? It had to it had to have been one of those all-star nods. It wasn't not trying because to de- he was yeah. one of the best centers in the league. Certainly not trying to defend him that much, but like y'all are just trash. No, no, I'm listen, no. I'm a believer in Dwight Howard this season. Dwight Howard has entered a new iteration of his career and it's not the most glamorous thing and it's not it's not the most exciting performance from Dwight Howard that we've seen uh but he he's he's found he's found his spot he's he's found his little niche and and I'm actually like pretty pleased at what he's done I was very surprised when he joined the Lakers in this offseason I was a hardcore Dwight Howard naysayer and didn't believe in any of it and he really has impressed this year I think the thing so, that's been go ahead, uh, go well, ahead. <laughs> you uh, go first. Just, yeah, I was just gonna say. I think the thing. Oh, we gotta cut this, right, Josh? Gotta leave it in here. Yeah, cut it all out, man. Um, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. Um, I think the thing that has been surprising about Dwight is that he's been able to stay healthy because that's been the big knock against him. I mean, and of course his attitude, and he was showing some of that in games two and game three, just being a complete dick. Um, like somebody that you just don't want to play with and everybody kind of hates and you're like, dude, you got, you can chill, dude, just stop. Uh, but like when he's healthy, he's always been able to put up some decent numbers and now he's just not caring about the post touches, which that's surprising. Um, but he's always he's been more a really a, good he's defensive more of a player right now. Like that's, that's, he's, that's what people wanted from him his whole, his whole career, man. That's what we all wanted. That's what he did best in the, with the magic. And the reason he left True. is because he wasn't getting those post touches. He wanted to shoot the three. You want to take those shots away from Hedo and uh, also they have Richard Lewis and Jameer Nelson, JJ, you know, Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee, man, really good trade chip. All right. Still. Still. uh, Still? No. He's just one of those guys that everybody's like, oh, you know, Courtney Lee's good. Yeah. Oh, get him. You know, you can flip him later at some point, right before the deadline. Always. So I I looked it up to see when was the last time he made an all-star team. And that's when I realized that I thought I could, but I could have not, I wouldn't have been able to name every team Dwight Howard has played with. Can Hornets? You? <laughs> wait, okay, wait, wait. Let's, let's, wait, let's see go here. All right, so we got, you got this. The Magic. magic started with the Magic, played with uh, the Rockets, played with the Lakers in between those two. Um, went to the Hornets, the Hawks, the I forgot Wizards. he was with Atlanta. And the Wizards. Yeah, yep. the Wizards, he was hurt all year, but he played like yeah, five or play. six games. Is that it? Is there one more? No, and you the got them all. Again. Nice. I, I completely forgot he was in Atlanta. Like, I had no idea he played for Atlanta. Didn't he play a whole year there, right? Yeah, he played a year, but yeah. just no clue, like, at all. And yeah. then they traded him to the Hornets. I do remember that. That's when I was like, okay, his career's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had a good year with the Hornets. Yeah, but he went to the Hornets. Like he got traded yeah. to the Hornets. That's all you needed to know. Yeah, but he had a good year. But they like again, like nobody wanted him in the locker room because he was just like a complete ass. Yeah, I believe that. Anyway, yeah. congrats. I didn't think you would do it. At least I, I looking at those teams, I was like, wow, I had no idea he played with the Hornets. I completely forgot he played with the Wizards, even though he really didn't play. But yes, yeah. I am not a Howard hater. I loved him with the Magic. Uh, the Lakers in Houston was kind of a debacle, but I kind of like this resurgence. You're right. You know, it's he's fitting in great. Well, let's let's talk about his play in this series because um, so Nikola Jokic for the Nuggets has really lacked a lot of the impact that we saw from him last round against the Clippers. Um, even if Jokic has put up some of the stats that he put up last round, he hasn't taken control of games completely like he did, and. I mean, why do we think that is? Do we think Dwight's resurgence this year and his impact for the Lakers is something that is really having an effect on Jokic when um, when Howard is covering him on defense or when even JaVale McGee is in there, kind of giving him a hard time and bodying him a lot? Who was the center for the Clippers? Zubach. Exactly. And Harold. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You'd start McGee before you started any of them. They they have Davis, McGee, and, How- and Howard. Yeah. Yeah, it's just bodies. Like, you, do you remember that clip where Hassan Whiteside, Whiteside got traded and he's like, we got shooters. Who? Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who? <laughs> remember, he like, he posted a video and he's like, we got shooters because he was like happy he went to Portland. And then I just imagine the Lakers in the, rock, in the locker room were like, we got bodies. 
Like you can just throw anyone at him, you know, just, I don't care if they're hacking, they're just slowing him down. Do you remember when for basically all of LeBron's career in the Eastern Conference, we legitimately evaluated teams in the East that weren't LeBron's teams just by the number of bodies they had to quote unquote throw at LeBron. Do you remember when that was a legitimate talking point every year about who could match up? Which is like, we still oh, do how it. many? But I know, but like, how many Demar Carrolls? How yeah. many Demar yeah, Carrolls like, do you have on your team? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, we got Demar Carroll. Like, we got well, whoever. Like, a bunch of six. We got Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. <laughs> we got Jeremy Grant. We got. A, we, we can throw him at LeBron. Like, okay. We got Carroll. We got Nene. We got Crowder. Just like Paul Millsap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plumley can guard him in a few minutes, you know, Leon like, Poe with the Celtics. There's always like a, like a six, four guy that they're like, Oh, you know, he, he's got the agility. Like, Lowry. <laughs> incredibly <Kyle> Lowry. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad matchup for them. Uh, you know, it is, but they can't guard Murray in the same way. Although yeah, I guess yeah, I mean, Murray's Murray's gone off the series and he put up in game four, he put up 32 points again. And yeah, he was shut up. Did you guys, sorry, Josh. No, go ahead. Um, did, did you guys catch the end of game four? So he yeah. was uh, he was shut out there the last couple minutes. And, I, and LeBron was playing him. LeBron was guarding yeah. him. Um, mm-hmm. And he was playing over aggressive. But, you know, you're not going to get those calls if you're Jamal Murray. Um, and he was having a hard time. I think, I mean, though, what we haven't seen um, since, like, the Heat days is LeBron guarding the best player the whole game, right? Like, he doesn't do that anymore. He'll give you those minutes. But I'm wondering if they will, and if they need to, um, have LeBron on Murray for like half the game at least, for like 20 of his 40 minutes. Why? Because he's going, like, he's unstoppable. Like, they're up 3 1. Exactly my point, Darcy. Exactly <laughs> my point. Like, you're asking for the 50 burger. Jokic is going to put up a 30 point triple double, and Murray's going to put up 50 in game five, unless LeBron plays him. And I don't know that he can do that all game and be an offensive threat anymore. So, Juan, it's your hot take that LeBron James is an X factor for the Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> on defense. <laughs> on defense, I'm just saying, like you know, he he hasn't needed to uh, up until this point in this run. But just in general, like it's a, it's a good way to conserve your body, right? That he hasn't he hasn't played usually the other uh, he hasn't defended the other team's best player all game since he was in the Heat. Um, so I mean, that's the he might do. Because no one else can defend him. Theoretically, that's the whole point that he has a guy like Anthony Davis who can like Anthony Davis is probably the best the best offensive player that LeBron has played with in his career. Anthony Davis is the guy who can take control the most. Maybe some like early Dwayne Wade stuff. Um, I guess yeah, Dwayne Wade was unstoppable. <laughs> uh, for those at home, Darcy just like very took <laughs> his head no on that. Like absolutely not. Josh. Like please stop. <laughs> But I appreciate. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Regardless, the whole point of LeBron finally, like, really teaming up with a guy like AD is that ideally, I think we would love to see LeBron be able to step up bigger off the ball and on defense and step into some of those those like non-offensive controlling roles. Um, I don't know if that is reasonable though. I don't know if that is like still a part of his career that he's in. If he can viably do that for half a game or a whole game. Yeah, I need to compare him to Kawhi real quick, who also doesn't do that. And he's 29. So, I, you know, like, I, I don't think he needs to do that. Again, they're up 3-1. Even if he – I wouldn't do it for game five. You keep saying, like, they're they're up 3-1 as if it's a pro for the Lakers. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how, why you're not saying that as, like, something good for the Nuggets. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, they have to come out guns a-blazing in game five. I, I think they're going to lose game five just because it's a trap game. Either they're going to have – Hot take. The Lakers either close it in five or they lose the series. I said it. <laughs> all right i think they're losing game right. five I, I think i just think it's going to be a tough one to win and i think i think this team has too much fight the nuggets have too much fight i think the i keep so in game three the the nuggets were up like 20 points mm-hmm. and granted like both teams down the stretch in game three were absolutely gassed anthony davis could barely like walk up the court um to get back on offense and defense um but like, regardless of being tired, regardless of playing their asses off, like the, the Lakers came back from being down twenty points very easily. Like it was like it was nothing, and it still <laughs> it still feels like that the Lakers like when they want to or need to 
still have a switch that they can turn on and LeBron and AD themselves can just take control and, and really just put the pedal down and, and stomp on the nuggets if they want to. Yeah. So I, mean, I imagine game five is going to be like that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they could definitely have that switch. And if Rondo, Rondo is probably the one who can really guard Murray if he's getting those minutes, right? And he's playing, he would need to play 30 minutes. I don't know what he's been playing all series. I feel like he's been <laughs> playing in the big, big times, but um, he's capable of guarding Murray and making it difficult for him from, um, you know, at least in the half court and maybe a little bit in the full court. But Murray's going to get his. So I don't know. I, it's up to like, who are those? Morris and Grant and Craig and Porter. Like those guys have to show up. Two of them have to get 20 points apiece. That's fair. And then, and then they win. That's tough. Because yeah, I, I think Jokic it is tough. I think Jokic and Murray show up. I mean, and they have. They've been playing pretty well. I mean, Jokic, like you said, he's kind of – I think he's just getting beat on the defensive end, and then he has no energy on the offensive end. It's. I think it's It's hard for him – I don't think he's had to ha- has had to try so hard to to uh, be productive on the offensive end, yeah. right? Um, and like I think he tries on defense. He's just terrible. I don't think it's terrible. like lack of effort right now. Um, I don't know. You, yeah, <laughs> he's flat footed, man. I don't know. Like he's just like maybe you're right. Maybe he's trying, but Jesus Christ, if that's trying, I just I think he doesn't. I don't know. Um, maybe he needs to just adjust the way he plays defense for his skill set. You know what I mean? The way he mm-hmm. does on offense. <laughs> but he's like having to grind it out. So he was gassed at the end of the game uh, this past game. So I'm not exactly sure what the adjustment will be. But yeah, I think he I think he has a big game no matter what. But how gassed he'll be for game six, you know, we'll we'll find out. But I think he's going to be really tired. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about um, one of the big storylines from game four were uh, fouls and free throws. Um, LeBron and AD combined for 28 free throws in game four, and they only missed three of them between the two of them. And a lot of this came after Frank Vogel and the Lakers calling out the officials and the league for specifically like LeBron getting a lack of foul calls. He shot like 10 free throws through the first three games in the series and LA did not like that. And they said something about it and cue the, (laughs) cue the officials in game four who like, of course made sure those calls were made. What do we, what do we, what do we think of this treatment from the NBA and the officials for an all-star or not even a superstar, like best player in the league in LeBron James? Is this something that's warranted? Is this something that James has earned? He's earned the right to kind of, claim the stake and get the calls that he wants or is this a bunch of bs i mean you're fighting against the history of the league there if you're if you're saying that he doesn't deserve the calls and maybe that's fair to say right like then i guess jordan didn't deserve the calls i guess bird didn't deserve the calls i don't know you're just like you're kind of up against the history of the league but but yeah i would tend to say that i wish it was just consistent um i think he just for him to only shoot 10 free throws in three games is ridiculous. The way he, like, people are always hanging on him, that's – I'm really surprised by that because he really does attack the hole, um, at least at certain points. It's a little different now that he's older, but – I know he's older, though, but he's like, on him, man. he's older, but he's never been stronger. He's not as fast. Like, he doesn't have as much of the quickness, but he is – I swear, he's never been stronger Muscle uh, since he's been in the NBA. and like yeah, He's a grown-ass man. He he's a he's the most grown ass man in the entire league, and he's an old head. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's yeah. got that old man strength. Yeah, he really does though. Like, and and I guess it, I understand why you wouldn't call it because it's like, what are you gonna do? Like, he has Shaq vibes. Giannis gets the same kind of thing. It's like you can you could probably call a foul like too Every many times, man. Too many times. But then what really pisses me off. Oh, man, this is like such a, a bigger thing. But like when James Harden's getting all these calls for like faking it, essentially, it's like uh, that's I have a hard time with that kind of stuff. Um, so I can understand the Nuggets being a little upset about like the foul disparity. But was it really that bad? What was it? Ten free throws more? Uh, like I don't know. I'll tell you. Like Jokic know. doesn't go to the hole like that. He doesn't attack the hoop. Murray does. You could argue that he got fouled on a couple of those plays late in the game, but in Game Four. But again, LeBron's guarding you, so. 
yeah you're, you're hard pressed to get that call them. yeah that's just that's just the nature of the game right you kind of know that's what's going to happen like they deserve that respect he deserves that respect um i shouldn't say they he does um yeah, i don't know man i i guess you can't be too upset about it it's kind of something you have you know going into a series like this that you have to make up for that disparity so i'm not going to say it's i don't i'm not saying it's the case here right but i think what the problem is even if like let's say let's say the lakers complain the same way after the first three games but if the nuggets just played really smart defense and like you know were very averse to fouling and vogel made the same complaint even if they were right to not call those fouls he's still going to get the fouls the next game right and i think that's where the problem is that it's the complaint that uh initiates it not not actually whether or not there was contact in those other instances and they didn't get the I agree call. with that. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen the Tim Donahue interview with Barstool where he said that um, <laughs> it's not that he was like actively, um, you know, like trying to change the, the games when he was uh, refing. It was more mm-hmm. so that the league, especially during the playoffs, would give them, would give the refs notes on what they should be looking for the next day. Yeah. So then he knew like, okay, the, the, re- the NBA just told us like, hey, Kobe's getting fouled a lot. So focus on Kobe's like drives and yeah. stuff, right? So like then he lame. would bet instead of like changing the game, he would just put money on like Kobe going to the line 10 times or something like that. Yeah. Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah. I think it's that's still happening, right? I'm pretty sure the NBA sent a memo with the refs like, hey, start Absolutely. calling those fouls. And I think that's what sucks is like, I don't want that influence. The refs should like have a little bit more freedom, even if they're messing up at times. I just, I just want consistency, man. It's always been the issue. Yeah. I don't want the refs controlling a game, and that, that's just an issue with all of these sports and all, especially basketball. It's just like sometimes they just end up being too much of a focal point. I don't want to know a ref's name. Yeah. I don't want to know. Speaking of a ref's name, speaking of a ref's names, yeah. <laughs> In this entire NBA bubble, the headline before a game, like the first name the first two names stated in the headline before a game are the like best players going at each other. The third name is always fucking Scott Foster. Like yeah. he's he is always That's not okay. one of the most notable additions to a game. And it's it's insane. Like I just and the complaining and shit that happens, right? Including I don't mind it as much after a game, but I really do it really bothers me during a game. And that's the stuff that like if I was refing a game and I know they're told not to do this. But like those people need to get teed up. Like when you're refereeing the Rockets, the Lakers do it, the Clippers do it. Um, shit, the Celtics do it sometimes. Like it's like, dude, like, can we just play basketball and just stop? Just stop. Yeah, I think the the I don't know what it is, right? But the players have way too much influence on the refs, man. Like, and I I don't know how you curb it, right? Like they try what they do is they either tee them up or. Uh, they'll get fined anytime they talk about the refs to try to stop that. I think that's not working. I think it might even have an opposite effect. Like it makes it more powerful that the like player coach is willing to get fined almost. So then the refs listen more, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Like I'm not saying that baseball umpires are the best, right. But I like how they take a lot less crap from the players, you know, it's like, <laughs> Hey, I'm going to call this game how I call this game. And that's Could that. you imagine that's- if NBA refs just started ejecting players every time they like, spoke a word <laughs> to them. Well, <laughs> I don't, yeah, we don't want that. You know, we no, don't know, like but like, you gotta make know, it so like, if you if you keep complaining, I'm just not gonna call it. Like, you're not gonna get the call until, yeah. You no, know, just just stop with it, man. It's crazy. But like, at end of the day, though, like, I don't feel sorry for the Nuggets. It is what it is. Like, true. But baseball's on to something, though. It it has to do with the fact that you see the same ref for a week, right? Like, you play a four game series, you see the same ref or the same ump, and then like, if you don't like something they like let you yell at them like all right you get it out of your system you're gonna get tossed and it's like all right we're over it next three games we can just get back to normal (laughs) you know so they they have something going on there (laughs) the one thing the one thing the baseball is going for it baseball's dying in every way except for the umpire to play a relationship (laughs) exactly somebody told me that yeah somebody told me the padres made the playoffs and i was like oh it's cool for the first time in like however long no idea man 60 games Yep, keeping an eye on that. Speaking of names to watch in a in a basketball game, let's just talk about J.R. Smith being incredibly impactful while sitting on the bench. His best game of the series yet. Um, just want to throw some J.R. Smith shade. That's all. He's done nothing for this team, and he's always pissing me off when he's on the sidelines, and the camera's always panning over to him. And I normally like energy on the sidelines, but for some reason, whenever it's J.R. Smith in the frame, I'm just immediately like, just get the fuck out. Like, come on, dude. J.R. Smith the better. Up. 
he will not be allowed to call himself. Well, he's going to, but I'm not going to acknowledge him as a two-time champ if they win. <laughs> I like that. All out. All right, well, let's move on. Let's head over to the Eastern Conference, unless you guys have any um, final thoughts for this Nuggets-Lakers series. We've kind of already dove into our predictions. Darcy and I think it's going to be over in game five with the Lakers winning. Juan is calling Nuggets in seven. I don't know. I'm kind of wavering a little bit. Not for the, not oh, for the Nuggets. Not for the Nuggets to win. I could see the Nuggets. I still think the Lakers in five, but I just want to caveat it with I could easily see the Nuggets winning game five. I thought you. I thought you said at the beginning that the Nuggets were going to win Game Five, and then that the Lakers at the beginning of this pod, yeah, my prediction. Oh, originally, originally, originally it was five games, and they, I, I thought the Nuggets that. would win Game One. Hmm. Off a little bit, but yeah, Nuggets in seven happening down three one. You're here first, folks. History. Give Juan the credit. <laughs> that'd be that'd be really cool. That'd be I'm such about, a weird. I'm... I would love it. As a fan, I would love. I would love seeing that happen. I wish that would happen. I hope it happens, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, You know, like you know, the Nuggets are betting favorites game five. The Lakers are betting favorites game six. I'm about to parlay five, six, and seven. I'm gonna parlay (laughs) win. I just yeah, that that would be so wild. I I I wouldn't even know. I I you know what I wouldn't be able to handle is like all of the shit that would come, like all the headlines and comments and things about LeBron. I just like think my head would explode. (laughs) <laughs> Skip Bayless would would be going off. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't want that. Actually, there's like <laughs> it's like an unnecessary evil. Yeah, the brilliant basketball is not worth the rest of the coverage <laughs> after the basketball. <laughs> I'd have to turn off ESPN for like two weeks. At least screw the NBA finals. You can't even watch them. <laughs> yeah, you can't because the coverage won't be about That's the game. It... It'll be about yeah. like the fact that the Lakers aren't in it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's actually move on to the Eastern Conference to, to the lead-in to the finals um, team from the East. Miami leads the Series 3-1 after winning Wednesday's Game 4, 112-109 against Boston. Uh, it was another close game that, God, I, Boston should have won, like, every game in the series. And they just somehow keep giving it away, and they keep giving it away in a different way each game. There's like one thing that hampers them that they can't figure out, and if they lose this series, I like Boston's gonna look back and think that this is an opportunity that was missed. With with how weak the East is this year, Grant Miami's been incredible, but we talked about this before. But next year, the 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 Nets are going to be at full strength with Kyrie and KD. Um, like the Bucks are back. The Bucks are back again. The Bucks Sixers, are back. Sixers retooled. <laughs> More on that later, possibly. But yeah, regardless, this is this was Boston is the best team left in the Eastern Conference. I think overall they are a better team than Miami. They are just straight up getting outplayed every game. I thought the same thing going in. I was like, yeah, Boston's the better team. I have Boston winning the series. But you know, the games are really close, which makes them fun, and they're losing them in the fourth. But you know, when you're down three one and you can't close out. I just don't think it's fair to call them the better team anymore. I think the Heat are proving that they're the better team. You could say that, like, player for player down the roster, the Celtics may have more talent in terms of – or at least they're top-heavy. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it's fair to call them the better team anymore. Like, I've been wrong about the Heat these whole playoffs. And they're looking good. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think they'll beat the Lakers or even the Nuggets, but they'll give them a run for their money based on what we've seen, right? I think we'll count them out again, and it'll be a closer series than we think. Yeah, I, the Celtics, I think, have more talent, and I thought that all along. I don't think any of us think otherwise. And it's so crazy to see, like, Josh, you're right. Like, all these games are close, and they just can't finish out a game. They, like, they're getting outcoached, and they're not mm-hmm. in positions to, like, you know, to succeed. And, you know, like, they couldn't <laughs> – this is just, just the craziest shit to see, dude. I, I, I don't understand, you know, and – Actually, what did you see in Game Four specifically? Like, what was what was the thing that the Celtics struggled with the most? Uh, they couldn't stop Hero, and I, I think Tyler Hero is a wonderful player, but he's not that good, not right now. <laughs> like, he, he's not, and and they just they wouldn't do anything different besides for like playing him straight up. They didn't throw any different type of defense at him. They didn't do anything differently. They just kept with whatever they were going with, and it was like, what are you doing? Like, you didn't adjust at all, all game. So you let him go off for 37. Um, uh, you know, like, it's not like Butler's having a great series. Like, he's he's doing Butler things. He's kind of, like, 
doing anything the team needs him to do, but he's what the third or fourth leading scorer for the series. Like he's not somebody that is crushing it. Um, I think that's what he likes though. No. Yeah, it is, but they don't, it's not like (laughs) that'd be fine. In my opinion, I I'm really surprised that this is going to be a team that's going to go to the finals. And I say that because you could make an argument that Butler isn't their second or third best player. I think he, I think he's their best player, but you could make the argument that Bam is their best player and Hero is just right up there or Dragic. And it's like, none of those guys are, they're all borderline all-stars. You know, it's just, yeah, it's not a team of strong talent. It's impressive. Um, don't get me wrong. I just, the Celtics aren't taking advantage of anything. And um, please well, go ahead, Juan. What I like is that, what 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 I think is the difference is they are being outcoached, right? And I'm a little worried that like Brad Stevens, at the end of the game, the Celtics aren't necessarily running any offense. They're just like throwing the ball around and hoping someone's open for a three. Yep. But the, a lot of that, no matter what, are like still running their sets, right? Like the ball is always moving, the players are moving without the ball, and the Celtics just break down in the final two minutes. And that only works if you have a superstar that's going to get you a bucket that doesn't need help offensively, right? Yeah. I like Tatum hasn't been able to do that yet. Like he settles for like a big long distance three. He needs to be able to drive, get a, like get a foul or, you know, go back to his mid range game that he kind of overdid his second year, but Mm -hmm. he's kind of turning into a one trick pony when the Celtics need him the most. And yeah, there's a lot of lack of movement. Yeah. I wouldn't even say just at the end of a game, it's like consistent, right? It's a lot easier, uh, kind of like the Rockets. Like it's easy to like for the first 40 minutes to kind of just do whatever you're running up and down the floor. You're getting stops on the defensive end that are resulting in turnovers and, and fast break points and second chance points you're getting on the rebounds. It's like, all right, cool. We can make it through. But at the end of a game, when you play like that and you rely on those types of things, Sixers were the same way. Like they didn't have anything to go back on in terms of a set. And then you have, like you were saying, they do this thing where Kemba screens for Tatum. And so they get a switch and it's like, (laughs) Was it was that really a really helpful thing to do? Especially if Tatum's not going to go to the rack, which he doesn't. Walker's more likely to go to the rack. He's more likely to take it to the the bucket. You know, yeah. honestly, you probably want to run run a play for Jalen Brown before you run something for Tatum at the end of the game, unless you want to contest it too. Yeah. With and with what's weird though is with a team like the Rockets, the Rockets it's their system to to play yeah, that yeah. type of style. But with Boston, there are periods in the game where they do play beautiful basketball and they, they, they push with a lot of pace and they don't slow things down and they don't just, just yeah. let up and like take the, take the worst shot that they can get at the end of the shot clock. But it blows my mind that like they, they do that successfully for random points in this entire playoffs and the entire like NBA bubble, they successfully play basketball that like severely outplays their opponent. But then in the most important moments in the end of the game, in the fourth quarter, they just literally abandoned that. You, you and, know what? Like, no, you're completely right. And the, you know, when they're playing their best and when they're moving the ball well is when Hayward's involved and when they're running things through him, not for him to score. Cause that's not what he does best. It's he's a great passer, great facilitator. He's one of those people like, well, if you're playing pickup, like you walk away from the game and you're like, dude, I love playing with that guy. Like, I don't care if we won or lost. Like he's just like, he's a baller. He's going to, he's going to defend this position. He knows where to be on the court and he knows what to do with the ball. Um, Gordon Hayward it, is the Darcy you know, Fraley of pickup basketball. That's, that's what I'm saying. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, but Screen, it's, cut, pass the yeah, ball. Yeah, he does it all well. And so they go away from that towards the end of a game. And then they also have this, this is deliver or die with Marcus Smart, which I, would, I don't want him on my team ever because he does this thing where he hijacks the <laughs> offense and he thinks he should be taking the shot. Well, Marcus Smart shot three for 12 this last game. 25%. My man. Lost in the game. Yeah. he's. Uh, you can't live or die by Marcus Smart's threes. That's but like you, but they do. Thing. But they do, though. The Boston <laughs> do. does. That, yeah, I agree. But you can't. You shouldn't. Like, the, the, his, his five-game – his, uh, sorry, five three-pointer game does not outweigh his two 25%, like, shooting nights. <laughs> I'm actually – so – I think if if you're a Boston Celtics fan, when you see Marcus Smart like take a bunch of shots in the beginning of the game and make a couple of them, 
That's the that worst. has to be the worst feeling in the world because you know that's going to be go. his green light for the rest <laughs> of the game, and and you know at some point that 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 shot making ability is going to fall off. He plays too many minutes to do it, right? Like if he plays, they need him though. Like he, he oh, he's worth playing. That he just hijacks, like you said, he hijacks the system. He hijacks absolutely. The, but if the he ball. was playing like twenty three minutes, I'd be I'd be okay with that, right? It's like all right, I know you're. I know we don't need you for thirty eight minutes tonight. But they do like they really need him to play because yeah. their their benches both these benches are terrible. Well, here's the thing: I I just don't see why the Celtics don't realize that there's a reason why the person who ends up with the ball with three seconds left is Marcus Smart, right? Like as if it's not intentional. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's literally a dream scenario of Eric Spolstra. That's that's what Eric yes. Spolstra probably like, tells all of his Miami players when they're playing defense. Yeah. But the Celtics unless, unless Daniel Tice is thinking on the they floor. got a good sh- yeah exactly. I better have Tice shooting the three. Six eight Daniel Tice <laughs> only enough. because he's more likely to be open. Like when he's shooting a three, he's probably like he actually has a good shot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean that's a good point. I just think that you know there's like five seconds left, and then like Smart dribbles into a three or something, and they're like like I feel like in their mind they've sort of convinced themselves like yeah nice shot, and it's like no dude that was planned by the defense. I don't get it. <laughs> I just like you can't go one for eight or something from three and be like, he's just not the type of player who's gonna be like, all right, like next game, yeah, he's gonna go four for eight. That's just not what's gonna happen. At best, he goes three for eight, right? He's good for one four for eight game. He's good for one five for eight game. Uh, just one though. I hate Marcus Smart. Well, if we're talking about Celtics blunders, uh, Darcy, we're we're chatting about this a bit off the pod, but um, off Celtics the pod, could new segment off the pod new segment. We say it so many times; it's actually a segment now. <laughs> Look for it next time in the next episode of Last Guys Off the Bench. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that tease, little teaser. We need somebody to sponsor it. You know, that's the greeny tease. Can we do a greeny tease for uh, <laughs> next? I'll tell pod. you why. <laughs> I have, I have nothing to say. Yeah, I have, I have nothing to compare it to. <laughs> I'll think of one. Keep going. Anyways, we were talking off the pod about um, Boston not being able to to break his own defense. Like Miami, Miami has done this all. Miami has done this all series, and Toronto did this against the Celtics last series as well. Um, teams have been putting out a zone defense against the Celtics. That's been what. Kimba Walker struggled with a lot specifically in the Toronto series and what he has struggled with as well in the Miami Heat series also. And for some reason, the Celtics cannot break the zone defense, even though like his own defense is, is made to be broken. It's made to change the look, but like you're taught from a young age, if you play basketball, that you just have to like probe the zone defense and whatever set they put out there until you find the holes and you keep exploiting them until you force the team to go back to man. That's like, mm-hmm. that's how this all works. You play the zone knowing that it's going to get beaten, but the Celtics can't beat it. Why is that yeah. happening? What's going on? They have, they have nobody in the middle. Like there's nobody running yeah. the free throw line. Like, and that should be Gordon Hayward. That's like his number one thing. And you got to have Jalen Brown on the baseline running back and forth, serving as the slasher. You can't have Tyson there. Um, or if you have Tyson there, he needs to run the middle. But like, dude, that I don't, I can't. Josh, like, I was screaming at the TV. Like, I could not believe they <laughs> couldn't break this zone. Like, again, it, it's like you were saying. It's one of those things that like you're taught early. It's really easy to break if you run a particular set, right? Like, you're gonna get a wide open shot somewhere. There's a hole somewhere. The There's ball. always a hole somewhere. These are professional basketball players. Like, this isn't ninth grade. This isn't JV. Playing against the varsity, like, and again, we all think the Celtics are more talented. Like, it's embarrassing, dude. It's embarrassing. It looks, it makes Bam and the Heat just look like they're unbeatable, and it's like, I, it's unbelievable. You know, actually, that box and one was also unbelievable too. I couldn't believe that. That's that's even easier to break. Oh, what in the Toronto series when Toronto yeah. was trying to box and one? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I get. I, I don't. I wouldn't expect Kemba to go off. That's not what I'm saying. But like, you should. Everybody else on that team should be getting open looks. And they were so shook. They were so shook. So, so shook, and they were able to run it. Like Miami ran it for like half the game yesterday. <laughs> like it's one thing to like throw it in there, like at, at the top of a quarter or something for like two minutes, for like a couple possessions. But man, 
they were running it like it's embarrassing. I wonder. I wonder if Eric Spolstra on the sidelines when they were in the huddle during a timeout. I wonder if he was just like, "Listen, guys, I don't know why this is still working, but it is. So let's just keep throwing it out there. Like let's just like keep letting it happen until <laughs> something changes." One hundred percent. And I felt like it wasn't even like that good of a zone. Like, like you can tell that's not their forte. It's wide open in the middle. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know. And you I, can't I play. Real... You can't. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, I guess they're real scared of Bam in in there. Like, I guess I don't know. I guess, but like the the thing about in the NBA, you can't just sit in the paint if you're Bam. You have to keep yeah. moving. So, yeah, I I, I don't get it. There should be an opening. If yeah. there's movement along the baseline, you're going to score. <laughs> this is so crazy. Um, let's, let's talk about – I guess we've talked about a lot about the Celtics blowing this series and blowing these games. Let's talk a bit about how Miami has, has won these games because, I mean, that's a big storyline as well. Miami has been the better team. Um, Tyler Hero, again, last game, he put up 37 points to lead the Heat. He – Gosh, he was – I love those ESPN stats that are like, oh, he's the second youngest player behind Magic Johnson to do this random thing in a random game in the past 40 years. And that was all Tyler Harrow. Last, like, Tyler Harrow is the next Magic Johnson, apparently. Um, 36 points or more in a white jersey in game yeah. four. <laughs> in a game on a four. Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. On a game four that lands on a Thursday that's played after 7 p.m. Eastern. I love it. You, you know what I really like? This is my favorite stat from that night. Tyler Hero, minus four. I All did see that. <laughs> I saw minus that. four. And then I think Solomon Hill was like plus three. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah, he, played, he played like four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but aside, aside from Tyler Hero going off, I mean, the – the Heat seemed to be not playing their best basketball. They looked better at the beginning of the series than they did in game four, and yet they still won game four. Um, what's going on with the Heat? Like, what's changing with them? But also, like, how is it still working? I honestly think they got lucky in game four. I think, I, I think every team has their role player that goes off for one game, right? Like, you need, you need those games where someone steps up. I mean, was the hero 37 game. points, though. That's, like, not, like, that's just, just going off. That's, like, that's, that's crazy. That's more than a heat check. That's yeah. Like, that's, <laughs> that's like, like, usually you're looking for, like, 22. You, like, goes yeah. off to 37. <laughs> well, Darcy, you just said, you just said, Darcy, you said, like, the Nuggets key is for, like, some of their role guys to score 20 points. Yeah. And that's, that's what we would expect from Tyler that's Hero. That's the line. That's the line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but Tyler Hero isn't Tory Craig. Yeah, he's that's better true. than that. Yeah, so I guess my point is he's averaging what sixteen, seventeen. So after scoring twenty, game? no, like before that game. <laughs> after that game, oh, no. <laughs> scoring twenty wouldn't be going off. You know what I mean? Scoring thirty would give him those extra seven. It's just like right, bad luck slash bad defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what he scored in the first two games, but I don't think it was more than fifteen points. Like probably right maybe about eleven there. or twelve points in those games. I think he had a good game three. I forget what he, what he scored. It must've been 20. So like, yeah, I, I don't know. The, you're playing Jay Crowder and Andre Godala 30 minutes a game. Like you're going to have a hard time against the Lakers. If you're making, uh, I just, man, how are they winning these games? It's Ooh, crazy. Just insane team basketball is really all it is. Right. And usually that doesn't last at this level, but it has, you know, every, Every team that they've gone against has a weakness, a very mm. big weakness, and they've exploited it. And that, I think yeah. that's Spolstra more than anything. I think that's yeah. – we usually don't see it this way, but that's Butler being like – just being able to do everything when, when your best player is usually doing one thing, you know? Yeah. So just, they just have the right guys around Butler. It just works. It just – I don't know. Yeah, Dragic. Dragic looks – he looks great. He looks great. really good. He looks like 2010 – or uh, 2012. What was the year with the Suns when they like should have made the playoffs, but the West I was so strong? I think that was strong. 2012 when they were like 48 wins and didn't make it. Yeah, hit Eric Bledsoe. Um, yeah, he looks he looks great, and Bam is playing an all-around game, and he's not. They don't ask him to do too much, which is yeah. He really can stay in his lane, and yeah, Butler just kind of picks up all the pieces and takes the big shots and makes the big plays. And Iggy's not even playing that much though. Like he is like, though. No, he that's played changed. 30 minutes, bro. Yeah, he, he played 30 minutes this last game. 
right, the Heat but... was literally the Heat's like sixth best player, sixth man in Game Four. He I... he played twenty seven minutes in Game Four. In games two and three, he played seven minutes in each game. In game one, he played fourteen minutes. So his minutes like doubled and quadrupled from from the start of the series. Yeah, they had to stop playing Robinson. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying they had to stop playing Robinson. That was my only comment on that. Well, you kind of called this. You kind of called this last game with the or last pod with Duncan Robinson. I give you some shit for shitting on Duncan Robinson (laughs) and calling him only a only a like three point shooter who can be exploited and just like isn't that effective. But in this series, his minutes have dropped. His points have dropped. He's He's literally turned into only a three-point shooter. Duncan Robinson, he's shot 33 field goals this series, and 32 of them have been three-pointers. His, yeah, his game like, has literally shifted. In, in the playoffs before, he was doing way more than just standing and doing threes. He was, he was actually putting the ball on the floor. He was actually creating shots. He was actually like moving beyond the three-point line. But in this series, he's, he's, he's changed. And I don't know if it's the Celtics attacking him in a certain way or if it's just – Duncan getting a bit shook and and losing his hot streak, but he hasn't been effective. And and I mean Jay Crowder hasn't been effective either. Jay Crowder was someone who was making like forty six percent of his three point field goals throughout his time in Miami this season, um, and he's finally come back to earth. And 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 that's why Iggy is is in the game. That's why Iggy is playing because those two players in particular have just dropped. Well, I think I think uh, there's a there's a few things there, right? Um, I think you were giving him too much credit because he like he was third in the league in three pointers made, and I think it was like ninety percent of his shot attempts or something close to ninety percent were three pointers in uh, during the regular season. So that's mainly what he was doing. I'll agree with you that he was cutting and moving a lot around a lot more. I just think it also has to do with like being a rookie, right? He was like an undrafted rookie who had a great great season, but at the end of the day, like those are the. I mean, it's like usually it's because you're playing on the road, right? But in you know, role players tend to fade a lot of times. And I think that's just what's happening with Duncan Robinson. He'll get better, but he's young and he's just not feeling it. And then if he's, if that three is not going in, he's kind of a defensive liability. So there's no reason to play him. Him and Jay Crowder, man. And Jay Crowder. I mean, (laughs) Jay Crowder. So Jay Crowder, when he was with Memphis for the first 45 games of this season, Jay Crowder shot 29% from three. And since he joined Miami in February, he shot 44% from three. So his, his, his three-point percentage increased by 15%. And, and I know you can probably credit some of that uptick to, to Miami being a just better team and a better system that gets him better shots. But 44% from three, Jay Crowder is not the real Jay Crowder. Um, He's also getting really good looks is the thing. So but that goes back. He's getting really good looks because he is the player that defenses want to leave open. I just think he's showing like, Hey, if I have an open shot, I can knock it down pretty decently. I think, you know, Fair. with the Lakers, that number will go down a little bit or maybe a lot of it, but I just don't think he had those easy looks with the Grizzlies. He had to do a little bit more. And you know, some guys are like, he's, he's a veteran enough. He's grizzled enough to just be like, Hey, you give me the ball in a big moment. I can make it. In. Like, I can put it in. <laughs> he's worse than Caldwell Pope. That's where I'll that's where I'll stick that. That's a good that's a good take. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, Juan, I do wanna we got a little heated last pod. I got very heated. It might not have picked up on the mic, but on the camera, I was livid when you were shitting on Duncan Robinson. And I just want to give you props, man. You that take, you won that take. <laughs> you it's called good, it. Man. It's all good. It's all, it's good. all good. No hate he, here. Only he's hate play. if I was wrong. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's got to play more than the whatever he played last game, though, because I, I just don't think – he's got to be at least your fifth most played player on this team. Who, Duncan Robinson? Yes. Yeah, you can't play Crowder and Iggy more than him and win. I, I just – Well, Crowder's earned him. Iggy, I, I feel like Spolstra doesn't want to play him. Sometimes he feels he has to. But, like, if it was up to Spolstra, he would still only play five minutes a game. Let me <laughs> – Iggy's washed, dude. Iggy's stat line, 27 minutes. Shot four times. He was one for four. <laughs> um, he had two rebounds. That's, that's the two, Iggy game. Two assists and three steals. There you go. And three points. He had three points. 27 minutes, three points. Yeah, it's just like, oh, man. Again, I'm not saying – Duncan Robinson played terrible, so I, you, 
you can't really I guess I don't blame him for trying to put Iggy in and seeing what's going on but like you need more from Robinson if you're going to have any chance even to win this series in my opinion let alone against the Lakers I you'll get swept if this is like your lineup here I agree I, I think it'll think, change though. What do you think is going to happen in the rest of this Eastern Conference final series? Uh, it's 3 1 now. Miami's up. What do you think is going to happen in game five tonight? Um, what do you think the rest of the series is going to look like, guys? So I if I feel like the Sixers definitely feel like it could have easily been 3 1 the other way, right? So I don't want to say they're out of it. Yeah, yeah, the Celtics. Yeah, not the I wish it was Sixers. <laughs> Don't get Dodgers hope up, dude. Sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. You're like, they're in? <laughs> but I do feel like the Celtics feel like it could easily be 3-1 the other way. All the games were close. They let a few of them slip. Um, I don't think this one's over, but they need to learn how to close. I think they win game five, and then they lose game six. I'm going to go they win game five. They win game six. They win game seven. You're calling it. I'm calling it. I just – they need Robinson to show up, the Heat do, I, I think, to put this away. And he, he might. He hasn't since last he series. Ha- he might, but he hasn't, yeah. And I I don't think Hero is going to be consistent enough for them to, to get past them. And I don't mean that – I guess what you're asking him to do now isn't isn't – he's not capable of it yet. I think How many points? 15 to 20, but – how many points do you think Hero scores tonight, Darcy? 37 last game. 18. Okay. Juan, how about you? Figure out another 19 points there. What? How many <laughs> points do you think Tyler Harrow is going to score tonight? I think he'll get his average like 16. Yeah. I think he'll put up 22, but yeah, it won't be 37. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 30, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have a hard time tonight. Again. Yeah. I wonder I feel I feel like Butler's gonna put up ten. He's gonna have a rough game. Uh, no, but on like four for six. <laughs> oh my god. Just not gonna shoot. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I think maybe this is gonna be the Kemba game. I think Kemba just he hasn't Ooh. he hasn't looked completely right, I feel like since he I don't know, all playoffs, man, even against the Sixers. I mean the Sixers were leaving him wide open. Um they were doing the opposite of these teams, but <laughs> Well, we we talked about it before. He just hasn't been in these games before, right? This is new territory for him, even though he's a veteran. Yeah. Also, yeah. teams teams have been. I feel like this defensive schemes for Toronto and Miami. I don't know if they've been directed at Kemba, but Kemba has been the most affected by them. Yeah. And I, I mean, I I think these teams are trying to shut Kemba down. They are trying. I mean. The best case scenario for someone playing playing the Celtics is for the Celtics to slow things down, for Tatum to like kind of play some ISO ball. Like that's 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 what other teams want. They yeah. that's how they want the Celtics to beat them if they're going to win. So, I mean, Kemba is the guy who has been actively taken out of these games, and True. he he either needs to break that or the Celtics need to like run a better offensive system to break that for him, or or they're not going to thrive. You know what? You know what I. They haven't been doing this lately, but like when they had Isaiah Thomas, even when they had Kyrie, I feel like they kind of run ran the same like offense with uh, like that they did when they had Isaiah. They need to like start doing some of those sets, um, and, and allow play to Kemba's strengths. Man, he's very similar to Isaiah Thomas, only better, <laughs> way better. Right? I, I, have you seen that one? I don't. I don't. I haven't noticed I, them doing a lot of that stuff that they would have done with Isaiah. And it was out of an abundance of like, this guy can score, but he needs a lot of help to do yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I, I just the, think because they're prioritizing playing through Tatum, even yeah, though they should, I, I'm not, I think Tatum's their best player, I, but that's the difference. He doesn't though. need Isaiah as much Thomas, to get going. Isaiah was the Celtics best player. So they ran things through him. And, and now, now Kemba's just not that Tatum is the guy. Yeah. But okay. So Tatum, Tatum's, shots typically come out of either a really broken play um, or it's a set that's run for him to get the ball in a particular position like he's Kobe or Carmelo, which I think is fine, but you don't need to run. That's not running an offense for someone. It's just kind of like, let's give him the ball and clear out. 
Mm-hmm. He's capable of getting you the 25 to 30 points in that situation, but it completely disrupts your, the offensive flow. Um, you guys, did you realize that – so Tatum scored 28 in game four. All 28 of those points were in the second, second half. half. Yeah, yeah I did he was that. awful in the first half. He's like he did nothing. Eight. He didn't attack at all in the first half. He literally did nothing because he 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 chose to do nothing. It felt like. Um, yeah, he was doing the Davis, but like Davis was scoring. He just wasn't rebounding. It was like the opposite. Yeah. So, um, I guess well, this is like my final thought um, for this series uh, before Game Five. How much do you, does it matter when those points are scored? Right? Because if he had just scored twenty eight points throughout the game it wouldn't be a talking point. He'd be like, yeah, I had a good game. They just couldn't get it done, right? But it's a talking point because he didn't do anything in the first half, and then he was unstoppable in the second half, except for, like, the last two minutes. But um, how much does that matter, right? Like, is it it different for you guys that he wasn't there to help them out in the first? The second half was against the zone. So, Mm. like, I feel like he was the only one who was attacking the zone. So I guess you can make that point, but... We talked about early in these playoffs how, like we we wanted to see the three of us. We wanted to see Tatum ascend and become a superstar. We wanted to see him become the best player on the court and will himself to be the best player on the court. And I know he did that in the second half of this game, but I I, I think the the lack of doing that in the first half stands out more than his ability to do that in the second half. He's had the ability to do stuff like that for the past year, but he's not able to like flip that switch and actually make it happen consistently game in and game out for an entire game. And, and that's what we haven't seen from Tatum yet. He's going to get there. We've been waiting for him to get there for the past year, but he's, he's just not that player and it's, it's taken him a little longer than we would hope for. Yeah, I'm, I I agree. I'm hoping it still comes next season. I'm just getting a little scared that it might never come. <laughs> he's gonna be Corey Maggette. <laughs> uh, he's still oh. he's still really he's still really young, dude. Like he is. That's true. He's nineteen, he's, right? Yeah, he's nineteen. <laughs> he's only nineteen. <laughs> but he's still, you know, he's twenty two. He's he's gonna be okay. Fair enough. Yeah, he'll get there. But they need to they need to do something a little different. It's not his fault. I I put it on Stevens. But yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised that there hasn't been better coaching from Stevens. Just better adjustments, you know. Like it, it's yeah. one thing. It's fine to be out coached. It is what it is. But like for you, just not to like. I just feel like they're not really changing anything. I don't know. Spolstra has been the better. Spolstra has won this coaching matchup. For sure, without a doubt. I mean, I know Stevens, when he had his coming out party a couple of years ago and he like led these underperforming Celtics teams to be like legitimate playoff contenders, like he was the the poster child of the coach that you want in the NBA. But he has he has fallen off of that. And guys like Spolstra have, have proven that like, yeah, I know St- Stevens still has some work. And I'm not even sure what it is. He probably, I don't know, but Spolstra's yeah. the guy. Spolstra's the no, guy. Yeah, he, Spolstra looks great. He, they also weren't expected – like, I feel like the Celtics coming in were expected to win this series, so the expectations are very different. And I, I feel like you can kind of impose your will as a coach a little more when you're underdogs. Um, and Stevens, you're dealing with egos a little differently. You're dealing with a different set of expectations. Not an excuse. I think, if anything, it's the opposite. I think he should be I, – I just don't understand why they're not making adjustments, man. It's crazy. I'm interested to see what happens tonight. It'll be good. Yeah. It's going to be great. We love some playoff basketball, no matter what happens. Yes, sir. All right. You have heard the predictions. We have we have given our thoughts, and it's time for us to sign off. Darcy, Juan, it has been a pleasure, as always. Um, I'm excited to watch Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals tonight, and I know you guys are too, so let's get to it. We'll be back at you for the audience, probably at the end of the Conference Finals, to give a recap. Of, of what happened in these series and to also hopefully talk about some other random NBA nonsense and news as well. Um, thank you for tuning in. Darcy, Juan, I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Hey, Josh. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Peace.
Um, <laughs> I want to talk shit about wanting to get in his mail, but I'm just going to let that be. <laughs> Most Gotta likely to interrupt they the call me the mailman. Mail. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wait, what did you get, Juan? Nothing good. It probably didn't even come. Yeah, it didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, though. It's all right. Yeah, you're right. We all live right. another day. 